Hey everybody, it's Jimmy Smith. On today's Unlocking the Cage podcast, we have two interviews with two victorious fighters from last Saturday's UFC. Interview with Chris Curtis, victorious at middleweight, and also Jamal Hill at light heavyweight, both knockout specialists. Sit down with me today on Unlocking the Cage. Jamal Hill, how you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. So against Jimmy Crute, before that fight, uh, you had tweeted about your boxing skills. You believe they're the best in MMA. You believe your hands are up amongst the elite in the world. What did it feel like to get the knockout that fast and and back up that statement, man? What did that feel like? I felt good, man. It felt good to get a win. Uh, it's a solid win. Solid win over a good guy, and uh, just the way that it, the way that I was able to do it is just. It was perfect. It said they said everything. The performance spoke for itself. It said everything I needed. I needed to say. Did you feel any extra pressure because of that? I know I did shows talking about Jimmy Crute and and his next opponent, and and that tweet came up, and I was on ESPN about it. And did you feel that you, you that you had to win that way? Did you feel you put any any pressure on yourself at all with that? No, no, I didn't. I just. Um... A win is a win. I just wanted to come in and just fight and perform and do well. You know what I mean? Uh, perform to the top best of my abilities. I feel if I perform to the best of my abilities, I win every time. So, um, yeah, that's all I was trying to do. That's all I was focused on. The way your career has progressed, man, you were a basketball player early. You didn't really get into MMA until till, till later in life, man. Uh, this progression you've had when – you made your debut on the Contender Series. It was what your your, your sixth professional fight, man. Your crew was just really getting started, man. Uh, how did it feel? First off, getting on the Contender Series uh, so quickly and getting contracts so fast. Did it feel like it a, a whirlwind, or did you feel ready? Oh, I was ready. Like um, I think, like my history is a little misconstrued. A little misconstrued. I wasn't just a. I didn't just hoop. I didn't just Please. play basketball. I play. I played football too. I played semi pro football. You know, um, I um, I've, I was an athlete. I fought my whole life, and I fought as an amateur. My fought my my first MMA fight was what was it March like March sixth, two thousand and ten. I've been fighting for a long time, you know. So yeah, I, and I took my time to get to. I took my time to get to this point. So yeah, I I knew it was gonna be a fast fast, and everything was gonna come quick, and uh. I'm ready for it. I mean, my skills are already on that level. I wanted them to be on that level when I came out because I wanted I didn't want it to be any different. The same dominance I had as an amateur, I wanted it to translate as a pro. Did you feel, I'm speaking to Jamal Hill, of course, victorious over Jimmy Crute last Saturday, uh, UFC on ESPN 31. Uh, when you won the Contender Series, you make your debut in the UFC against uh, Darko Stosik. Did you feel that step up? Did opponents feel different? Did you feel a little bit more uh, pressure, big lights, anything like that? Was there a noticeable difference when you went from the local scene to the UFC, man? The talent and the talent and the tricks were different. The strength mm-hmm. was different. You know, um, it's the best guys in the world. You know, so that was the most. That was the first thing I, I immediately recognized because I wasn't used to getting touched. You know, and uh, in my first fight, I got hit a few times. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I immediately noticed the difference. 
now it, it might just be a coincidence that you had such a dominant win after the first loss of your career to Paul Craig. Uh, TKO lost to him uh, June 2021. What did you learn from that loss? How did that help against Jimmy Crute? Um, I mean, the same things that I've said. Uh, I've said I, I learned that I don't have anything to prove. You know, um, just be myself. Just go in, fight, fight my fight. Do the things that I'm good at. You know, what I mean, show my show my craft. Show the things that I that I do in training and in practice and stuff and stuff like that, and I'd be fine. You know, um, focus more on that. That was that was what I took. That was what I took from the from the whole Paul Craig uh, thing. You know, and uh, and respect your opponent. Respect the dangers that eat, that every opponent brings. What are your thoughts right now? Of course, John Jones moving up from light heavyweight to heavyweight. Jan Blahovic losing to Glover Teixeira. Big upset. The guy who's 42 years old is now the champion. He's looked fantastic. What are your thoughts right now on the light heavyweight division? Do you feel there's a lot of room for an up-and-comer, a guy who's explosive like yourself, man? I think it's uh, I think it's in a good spot. I think it's a lot of room for a lot of things to happen, you know, it's, uh, it's unpredictable right now. You know, it's, that's what I think that's what makes it fun. It's like people just want to want to write out a story and want it to just go their way. But, hey, this is life. Life is unpredictable. So, you know, yeah, it's a fun time. You never know who, who might step or tweak their game and step up over the edge, and you know what I mean, and push to the top. So, yeah. Out. Outside of MMA, I'm really curious about this, if you can talk about it. Do you feel like you've had an unpredictable life, man? I notice a lot of people uh, who have success in MMA, it's, it's an extension of how they live their lives, right? Where where guys who are generally kind of controlled and kind of disciplined, that's how they fight, that's how they live. And you said, what you said right there is, you know, you got to be you and you got to be ready for unpredictable things to happen. Do you feel like life has gotten you ready for that, man? Yeah, life. And my upbringing, yeah. What about it that 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 was that was kind of unpredictable? To you, the reason I asked, like AJ McKee, uh, I'm from I'm from Long Beach. AJ McKee's from Long Beach. His dad Antonio's from Long Beach, and Antonio would tell me stories about raising AJ, and he used to have to, we didn't have a heater, so he had to put a a hair dryer in AJ's crib to keep him warm and stuff, and watch him and all. And he goes, all that stuff made me a better fighter and made me a better coach and made my son a better fighter. All the things I had to I mean, go through. Was it like that for you, man? I mean, people say that. I mean, I can understand how they would feel that way and stuff. But, I, I mean, I think that just made them more appreciative of the mm-hmm. things that they have and stuff like that. Like, because somebody that could cuss on, because there's some kids that come from very well-loved families and them boys that still take your hand off. You know what I'm saying? So, um, for me... It was like, yeah, my upbringing. Yeah, I, I mean, I channel into things and experiences that I've went through before to help push through certain things. You know, um, everybody does. You you are a product of your upbringing, of your environment, and of your world. You know, um, so, yeah, I guess in a sense, uh, I don't know if I'm answering your question for real, but, yeah, in a sense, yeah, my upbringing has helped prepare me for the adversity and, and things that I feel I will face in life, in life and how to deal with them. Now, this win, you'd already beaten OSP. That, up to this point, I think was the biggest win of your career. You knocked him out in the second round. But Jimmy Crew was a guy 
A lot of people pegged him. He was the number one fighter under the age of, you know, top 25, under 25 last year. I think he was number one. He was a, an up-and-comer a lot of people thought was going to be a, a title challenger soon. You take him out in less than a minute. Have you noticed the attention level go up after that? You aren't under the radar anymore at all after that knockout win. Have you noticed um, any more attention from fans, social media, the UFC itself? Tell me about that. Have you noticed anything different since? I mean, I've noticed the comments are changing, but like as far as like he was noticing, like my my social media went went up a little bit, like like nothing significant. But uh, I got a few more people that are, uh, that are, that are watching that are supporting now, which I appreciate. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just I just gotta keep 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 doing what I'm doing. Keep focus on focus on the goal, improving, steady showcasing what I can do. Have you thought about, of course, I'm speaking to Jamal Hill, victorious over Jimmy Crute last Saturday, knockout 48 seconds into round one. Have you thought about your next opponent or the ranking of the opponent you want next? Not the particular name, but you want that, what, top 15 guy, 5 to 10? What are your thoughts, man? I already name dropped him. My name dropped him in the cage. I heard they're supposed to make Polo Costa come up because he uh, he came up weight at 185. If he coming up to play with the big boys, I, I'm 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 more than willing to welcome him in. And then uh, Johnny Walker. A lot of people talking. They uh, saying they want to see me fight Johnny Walker. They saying that's a fight that they want to see. And I mean, I'm down. I'm game for it. I think it'll be a fun fight. And then that's a that's a good name. It's a good scout. Yeah, what about the style of Paulo Costa excites you, man? It seems like you really want to – he's big, he's fit, he throws a lot, a little wild with his punches, but he's big, he's aggressive. What about that style uh, gets you excited about fighting Apollo Costa? Uh, yeah, he comes forward, he throws bombs, he throws uh, he throws heavy shots, he likes to trade, uh, he likes to get in there, he likes to have a good fight. You know, um, that's what I like. And um, – He's not easy to finish. He's not easy to get out of there. I want to do things that, that people think are are hard to do. You know, I want to be guys and and I want to dominate guys who they don't who people don't see as being able to be dominated, especially by some, for some reason by me. Like for some, I don't know what it is about me, <laughs> but they they just they just can't believe it. They just can't believe I'm just this just this the fighter and what I am. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a once in a generational fighter. I feel like, and I'm ready to show that now with with emphasis. How do you like proving people wrong in this fight? You were the underdog <laughs> fighting against OSP. You were the underdog. I think in the Paul Craig fight as well. How do you? How gratifying is it proving people wrong in the octagon, man? It's so sweet, man. It's <laughs> uh, so sweet. It's so funny because, like, man, like they were. They were talking, talking. They were talking a lot. And I'm going to be real with you. I mean, yeah, and it's still love. It's still all love for Jimmy Crew and everything. But yeah. bro was talking good. I just seen this. I just seen this interview today that I didn't see before. That was beforehand. He said he felt like he could give away his game plan. And I still wasn't going to be able to stop it. He said I couldn't have questionable striking defense against him and stuff. You know, uh. I'm feeling like the whole game got me twisted, man. I feel like the whole game got me twisted, man. Like they really need to wake up. Well, or else you're gonna be, or else you can wake you, you can wake yourself up, or the doctor can do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
always say. You know what I'm saying? That is a great saying, man. Wake up. A doctor will do it for you. I really appreciate your time. Jamal Hill, you looked fantastic last last Saturday. You're an exciting guy to watch, man. Appreciate your time, buddy. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. Chris Curtis, the action man, victorious over Brendan Allen last weekend. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. <laughs> I'm doing way better than I expected, yeah. Yeah, man, I get you 100%. So first thing I want to talk about, uh, you're 2-0 in the UFC, both of them knockouts, both of them comparatively fast, but you had a long career. That was your, what, 36th pro fight against Brendan 36th Allen? 36th pro fight. Yeah, man. How does it feel, and what does it take to peak comparatively late in your career, man. How's that? How did that turnaround happen? Uh, I don't know if it's a turnaround, man. It's just been a grind. Like since then, uh, I think fortunately, I, uh, I've always been a guy who like moves around. I'm always trying to get better and better. So you know, maybe this is my first peak. I don't know, man. But uh, I kind of I wound up in a great gym, great place. I'm in a really good spot. And I feel great, man. I feel phenomenal, honestly. I've got great coaching, great teammates. So maybe uh, I lucked out and I got signed when I hit my peak. So uh, that's what I'm telling myself. So, hey. <laughs> Dude, whatever story works and keeps you winning, I'm good with it, man. So I lie to myself daily. Right, there, there you go. Yeah, no, no. Self-deception is a huge part of yeah. being happy. I really, I really do honestly believe that. So uh, the win over uh, Brendan Allen, you were a pretty serious underdog in that fight. Uh, going in, what was your thoughts about him as an opponent and how you had to approach this fight mentally and physical? What do you think going into this fight? Uh, I thought he was good, man. I know he's he's a, he's a good guy. He's well-rounded, uh, dangerous on the ground, stand-up's getting better. But it's just one of those things to where I felt like I'm the best guy he's ever fought. He's not the best guy I've ever fought. So I think I've got a lot more experience than he did. I knew that uh, – it was tough, but I think that I've said a lot of times in the past that this sport's full of a lot of people, a lot of good athletes who like winning, but there's not a whole lot of people in this sport that enjoy fighting. And I've seen him fight for as good as he is. I didn't think he liked to fight, man. I don't, I don't think he enjoys the act of fight. I don't think he enjoys the violence that is the fight. I think he's a hell of an athlete. He's a great martial artist and he likes winning, but like I'm one of those guys who loves fighting. I, just, I, I love the actual fight. So, you know, we figured we're going to go out there, get in his face, stay on him, and, you know, make him hurt, see how much he likes it. And, you know, it's uh, – he's still super young. He's still, you know, relatively inexperienced, in, you know, in regard to certain things. So he'll definitely bounce back and figure it out. But, you know, I'm an old dog who likes to fight, man. So it's, it's going to be really hard <laughs> to uh, be in there if you're not looking for that fight. Speaking of Chris Curtis, the action man victorious against Brendan Allen last Saturday. Let's talk about that a little bit, man, because I don't know if you know about it, but GSP came out recently and said that he never liked fighting. He just liked the rewards of winning. He goes, I liked winning, and then I would say, I'm never going to do this again, and then I would, all right, fine, fine. I'd go back in there and do it, and I'd win again, and that would keep me going to the next one. Usually, in my experience as a coach, guys like that don't make it. 
because if you just like winning, you won't always win. Your first loss is going to just like you're going to collapse. And it, if you don't love fighting, you'll always fight. You won't always win. You know what I mean? And the ones that just like the rewards typically don't make it. So I found that kind of a surprising statement. What did you think of it, man? First time I'm hearing you, honestly. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it makes sense because I'm telling you, man, think about it. A lot of people like, you know, wrestle in high school. I know like a thousand, I know a thousand people who wrestled. I know 15 people who say they love competing, but it, it becomes yeah. anything else, man. Like, you know, no one likes going to work, but you like being praised for the work you do. Right. Like no paid. one likes actually doing, yeah, <laughs> no, no one likes doing the work. People like getting paid. People like the recognition. This is one of those careers to where if you succeed, everyone loves you. You know, you're showered with praise. So people get addicted to that, man. You get addicted to, like the the notoriety and the fame and the support, but I, I think it's just one of those things to where I love the I love the attention and the praise, but it's more so I love fighting, man. Like I and I tell people, people are like, oh, how have you maintained? How have you stayed, you know, motivated for so long? I mean, it sucks, yeah, but like I still, at the end of the day, even though I'm not getting paid, you know, I'm getting paid peanuts on the regional scene. I love fighting. Like, this is what I was good at. This is the one thing I think I'm great at. I've wanted to fight since I was a child, man. I love fighting. I love being in there with somebody who's trying to be better than you. And, like, my job is to prove I'm better than you. Like, you love it. You see a lot of guys who are addicted to winning and then they love that high of being on top. And, like, when stuff goes wrong, like, in the fights, those are the guys who aren't going to bite down as hard because – you're like, oh, you know, it's 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 not in you. But, like, win, lose, or draw, I'm trying to fight. I'm really curious. I'm speaking, of course, to the action man, Chris Curtis, who uh, won by knockout last weekend against Brendan Allen. Uh, another thing I want to ask you about, I'm just curious, now, since we're on the subject, there was a great uh, – you ever see Moneyball? You ever see that movie with, with Brad Pitt, Moneyball? Yes. Yeah. So, a long time ago, yeah. Right. Right. Well, there's a scene where they lose. The Oakland A's lose. He's the manager of the Oakland A's. And all the guys are kind of partying in the, the locker room. And he goes into a baseball bat and destroys everything. And he goes, this is what losing should feel like. He goes, I hate losing. I hate losing more than I love winning. And I said, man, it's a really profound statement. Because I noticed when I, when I was competing, when I was doing jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and when I was fighting, the thought of losing in front of people just scared the crap out of me. I was like, I am not going to be humiliated in front of all these people and lose. And to me, that was a powerful motivator. You know, when we're talking about motivators, that was always one for me, man. Is it one for you or is there a freedom for you where you don't care about that? I'm very curious. No, 100%. I have so little respect for people who will lose a fight. And they're like, oh, I'm going to go get them next time. Uh, yeah, yeah, dude. I was like, how could you think that way, and right? I'm, like, I'm just like, what are you doing here? Like, wow. <laughs> Anytime I lose, yeah. I, I oh. mean, there's like a three-day darkness at least where I'm just questioning my life decisions. Right. I'm like, how can I let this happen? Like, it's true. My fear of losing. Like, people are like, well, how do you make? How do you try? How do you stay focused? How do you train? Why do you train so much? Like, I people say I train too much, and I do because my I have I am terrified oh. of losing to someone. I'm not terrified of being hurt. Like injuries heal. You know, unless I just randomly die for some reason, I'll be fine. But the sting of lo- every loss I've ever had sticks with, like, stays with me. Even the one, even the, the losses where you get like screwed on a decision that you clearly won, even those stay with you. But like my legitimate losses stay with me. And 
you know, I lose sleep over these losses for months until I'm like, yeah. okay, like I got to move on. Like I'll never understand how people go celebrate after they lost. I'm just like, what are you like? What are you doing? Like, why are you here, sir? Like, I don't understand. I didn't either, man. I was the same way. I was, you know, and and you know, we have this. The Jake Paul just signed a fight, Tyron Woodley, for the second time. And when Ben Askren got knocked out by Jake Paul, and they said, "How are you doing?" He's like, "I'm fine. I just made whatever a million dollars." And I was like, "This is why I hate these fights." When he lost in the Olympics, when Ben lost in the Olympics, he cried. They were interviewing him. He broke down and started crying because he gave a shit. And when at this point he didn't give a shit, and that's why I hate these fights. Are you with me or not, man? I hate that. Totally. I I think they're entirely ridiculous. Like I'm a I'm a you know like I I like Tyron. I talked to him before. I think he's great. But I'm just like you know it's these this isn't a real these aren't real fights, and I hate it because there's nothing. There's nothing really at stake here. I don't yeah. feel like anybody's heart's in it. I, I, I hate – I don't even watch them. Like, I refuse to watch Jake Paul fight. It's such a joke that, like, I – it's it's insulting to everyone involved. And, like, honestly, I do hope Woodley just beats him up and gets paid, and, like, shuts him up. But I refuse to watch anything with Jake Paul in it. I don't consider him – I guess you can call him a boxer now, maybe. But, like, you know – Fight a pro boxer call, then. Hey. You can, I prefer I won't yeah. call him I won't call him a boxer. I'll call him a guy who has boxed. Yes. Like yeah. that's that's what I'll say. You're a guy who has boxed. I refuse to call Jake Paul a boxer or a fighter because he's not. So interesting question, uh from 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 that vantage point, speaking of course to Chris Curtis, um, UFC middleweight, victorious last Saturday. When did you feel you were a professional fighter? When I started, you couldn't make enough money. Like, nobody was a professional fighter. We all had side jobs. We all did other stuff. Um, when did you feel like, okay, this is my job. I can do this for a living. What is a particular fight? What is it? Was it a particular time? Tell me about that, man. Um, God, it was actually my son's fourth or fifth birthday, I believe. I We were like, I mean, we were just, just early in my pro career. We were super broke. And we were really broke when his birthday was coming up. So literally, I went. It's my first fight with Michelle Burrell. Yeah, I drove Burrell, yeah. first fight. I drove to Pennsylvania. I beat up Michelle Burrell. Drove back, bought all of his birthday stuff, and set up his birthday. No sleep. Drove to like the park where we had his birthday. Bought all of his gifts, his cake, set everything up before he got there. And I was like, I just, you know, gave my son a birthday by beating the guy up. And I was like, you know what? I guess this is what I do now, man. So I was like, this is what I do. I, you know. I use fighting to take care of myself, my family, and solve problems. So I was like, you know what? I guess I am a professional athlete now. <laughs> Has that sense kind of deepened now you're with the UFC? I know, you know, when, when most people just don't understand, like most people, people, you know, people working at 7-Eleven and just regular people don't really understand MMA outside the UFC. It's almost like they don't realize it exists. Coming to the UFC and having success there, has that changed things in how other people perceive you and how you perceive yourself? having success there myself no i've known for a long time that i can be here i've beaten guys who i beat i've beaten a sean Brown twice for real like he's it's one in one but he knows he got smashed and you know some weird judging happened beat him twice he got signed i've beaten guys who've gone and got signed i've beaten guys who've, you know been signed to come out i know i deserve to be there so for me it's just the validation of it but outside of that I'm enjoying watching the uh, odds makers and everything else, like, have to eat their words. And, like, you know, I'm, 
I'm a petty guy. I've been on YouTube like the last two of the, you know, like three weeks. <laughs> We're like, oh, Curtis has no chance against this guy, beat Hawes. Well, he's got no chance against Allen, beat him. I just making people eat their words. I got some apology videos today, which was great. So more so for me, it's forcing people to recognize that I'm not, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a journeyman. I'm really good at this. I'm having ups and downs. Uh, they don't, people don't, like casual fans don't realize that getting into the UFC now is a lot more of a grease path than it was when I started. Oh and yeah. I was, yeah. I, I was one of those guys who, you know, I kind of got lost in the transitionary phases of MMA. So the UFC changed a lot and how they sign guys and the process has changed a lot. And, you know, I was from the generation before they started changing things over. So I kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, I feel like. But, you know, this is how it used to be. You fought everyone all the time. And, you know, people had losses. It, it happened because I didn't pick my fights. You know, my freaking, what, third fight, I fought Tom Vlecchio, who had like 25 fights. My ninth fight, I fought Forrest Pets, who was his 36 fight UFC vet. Been around forever. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, like I, I come, I come from a different time. I'm a, I'm a throw, I'm a relic of the bygone era, man. So it's finally now that all the casuals get to see, like, oh, you know, like this, this dude's serious. You know, he's a fossil, but he's a really dangerous fossil. <laughs> oh, sorry. So in that vein, since we're discussing a bunch of stuff, I'm asking you a question about um, Kamaru Usman, of course, the welterweight champion. People now saying that comparing him to GSP and their careers and who's the greatest welterweight of all time. And one of the things I always bring up is GSP had his UFC debut in his sixth professional fight. He fought Matt Hughes in his second UFC fight. This is how it worked back then. You tended to get in early. You had long title runs. Uh, got Champions fought a lot. So to compare those eras, you didn't have to go on a 10-fight win streak to fight for the title. Sometimes you fought for a title, your second or third fight in the organization. Sometimes your debut. Hayato Sakurai fought Matt Hughes, his debut in the organization. It doesn't work right. like that anymore. Comparing those numbers doesn't make sense. What do you think of it after what we talked about? It's a very different time, man. Yeah. Like, it's like GSP got thrown to the wolves with Matt Hughes. Like, really? Like, he had to learn like, on the job. He had to learn yeah, in he, the UFC how to fight, right? He got thrown to the wolves <laughs> with Matt Hughes. Like, and it's, it's just, it's a different time, man. Like, I always tell people, look at the, uh, you, you're a boxing fan? Look at the four kings of boxing, man. My whole life, time, bro. Age of boxing. You got uh, Duran, yep. uh, Hagler, Leonard. Burns and, and Leonard. Uh, yeah. Like, all those guys had losses against each other. Yeah. And now we live, we live in the, you know, the, the I'm, I'm a Mayweather fan, but the, uh, the money Mayweather fan era to where your, um, your record is above all the most important thing in the entire world. That unblemished record, but like that's not how it used to be, man. Like MMA and boxing, both the best. Look at Ra Randy's one of the best of all time. How many records? How many losses does Randy have? How many losses yeah. does Dan have? It just it used to be different, man. Like you wanted you, know, you wanted a good record, but guys ended up fighting anyone everywhere. Like it's it was just a different era, so it's hard to compete because there was no grease path. You didn't have managers finding you the perfect fights. You just showed up and you know, like oh you're fighting this guy. Like, all right, well, that's what I'm doing. When you're from that school... It, oh, it, there it is. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it, it's hard for people who weren't in it to, to, to understand it, really. Uh, but now you're on this path, in this era. Uh, I gotta know, man. 2-0 in the UFC. What is next on your radar? Who are you thinking about? What are you thinking about next stage of your career, man? Uh... 
you know, I got a new contract, whatnot. I think I'm like pushing just outside the uh, top 15. Tapology has me as the number 12 ranked guy. I think I'm just outside. I'm pushing just outside the UFC top 15. So who knows, man? Like, I mean, I, I just want to have some fun. Like I had two quick notice prospect fights. I'm like, all right, you know, so I did that. I just want to have fun fights. Like people are going to say it's weird to say, well, whatever, but like, it's funny you get fans like, oh, you're three shots away, three fights away from the title. I'm not really like chasing a title right now. Honestly, it's, it's not my, especially not at 185. My God, no, I mean, I'm a welterweight naturally. And, uh, you know, we're playing at 85. I'm not chasing a title at this point. I just want to fight. I want to get in here. I've wanted, for me, it's hard because I wanted to be here five, six, seven years ago. I wanted to have my fights in the UFC work my way up to, you know, the title shot, whatever. But now I'm not going to have, you know, seven years, 10 years in an organization. So now I just want to have fun, man. I want to I want to have awesome fights. I want to put on great fights. I want the fans to be excited. I'm not worried about being the best guy in the world. I just want people to be like, damn, that guy can fight. I cannot wait to see the next one, man. Great knockouts in the UFC so far, man. And also, honestly, Great talking to you, man. Great conversation, Chris. I hope we see you back on the show again, my man. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Andy King is director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.